maybe you've been around that person who they seem to have a keen awareness for when things are not exactly the way they want them to be. I, I don't just mean somebody who can kind of spot the obvious, but I mean they know exactly when <clears throat> there's a problem that, that's not to their liking. Maybe it's how fast the other cars are driving in the lane beside them or the one person in front of them who won't <clears throat> speed up enough for them to get out of the way or maybe it's the way you park. There's, there's just not enough space between the cars or maybe it's the way they do their job. There's too much food at your desk. There's not enough paperwork at your desk. You don't answer enough questions. But there's always something that they can point out that, that you're doing wrong or that could be done better and usually it's something that is to their dislike. That that's the reason I pointed out. Not because it's right or wrong. It it really doesn't fall into that context. It's just it annoys them. It's disappointing to them. It frustrates them. It's it's not their way. And I think we all know somebody like that, at least one or two somebody's like that. And here's my question for you today. Is that being able to point out that there's something they dislike? Is that leadership? Is that a is that a trait of leadership? That's what I want to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And I think when we encounter someone who's really good at pointing out the faults of others, there are a lot of times that we see that person in management. We recognize that they've been promoted to that position and I guess sometimes we equate that because they have the title manager position, supervisor position, the leadership position, the, the person in charge position, that those traits go together. Because they've been promoted to that spot, it must be because they're so good at pointing out the flaws in other people. But let me just tell you that that's not necessarily it. In fact, sometimes a leader is completely outside the organization and they go a little bit further than just saying, hey, I don't like it like that. If you've ever met someone or worked with someone who's just a complainer in general, they whine about everything, they're never satisfied with anything, that type of person, whether they have a management, leadership, or supervisory title or not, that type of person usually has one characteristic to that trait that doesn't make them a great leader, it just makes them a great Complainer or pointer-outer. Andy Andrews had a, has a great book called The Noticer. And the, the book is a really good observation of, or the powers of observation. It's about watching the things that are going on around you and catching the finer details. That's different than a noticer who has nothing other, than, other to do than to complain. Someone who notices your every flaw and points them out, they may have an entirely different agenda. <clears throat> but that by itself is not leadership. Noticing that you've done something wrong, that, that's not leadership. And it's not leadership to say, well, so-and-so could have done it better, or I, I think you didn't do it right because it didn't please me, or you didn't do it right because it didn't meet my standards, or you didn't do it right because that's not the way I would have done it. That kind of stops short as well of leadership. See, I believe leadership has the ability to go the next step. It's not just to say, hey, that's a problem, or I didn't like the way you did this, or that work was incomplete. While all of those are a really good launching point, here's what many people miss. Identifying not just when there's a problem, but what was the problem, 
what are the what are the differentiations between the causes of the problem and the symptoms of the problem and then here's a better one you got to go one step further if you're a good solid leader what are some possible solutions how do we solve the problem going forward now as i always do i'm going to give you a quick illustration of my own example because that's where i learned the most that's where i observed the most <clears throat> and it's well frankly it's where i know my experience is hard for anybody else anybody else to question so you can look it up in the books to validate it later but let me tell you what happened in my own life i find that's a very solid way to experience life and to teach from it it's the reason i teach story power by the way because if you can tell a story that you live through you've got all the evidence that you need now sometimes your observations are wrong and your anecdotes are misplaced but that's what learning story power is all about so here's my story I go to meet my wife for dinner last night after I've been going nonstop since midday Thursday. So yes, today is my nap day. Mondays are my recovery day because my weekends are insane. But as I go to meet her for dinner, we called ahead. We were driving an hour and a half back from our last event to meet her. We told her where we wanted to meet. We told her what time we thought we'd be there based on our map GPS. And she went ahead of us, got a seat, to place the order and the whole nine yards. Well, I walked in and sat down and I said, I am so hungry, I'm so ready to eat. And she said, um, well, it took 10 minutes before my server even acknowledged that I was here enough to wipe down the table that I was seated at. I said, well, what about the drinks? She said, literally just took the drink order. I'm like, we texted you like 40 minutes ago, 48 minutes ago, according to the text messages. 48 minutes is not enough time to get here, sit down and order. She said, oh, I've been here and I was ready to order, but he won't take my order. And I was like, that seems a little odd. Of course, you know, maybe it's just observation. Maybe it's he's really, really busy. Maybe it's bias. I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> so I said, well, which one's our server? And she points out the individual. Well, I can see the individual from where I'm at leaning against the doorpost between the kitchen and the serving floor doing nothing just standing there a couple of minutes into me staring at him he finally decides to walk over to the table looks at me as if i've said something offensive right out of the box and goes can i help you with something i said well <clears throat> we texted her our order like 45 minutes ago so we figured she had already ordered the food uh, but we haven't ordered yet he said oh so you're ready to order we texted her our order 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we are more than ready to order. We've been ready to order since before you got to work today. Yes, ready to order. We would like to order. <clears throat> Finally, he takes our order, kind of. Every step of the way, he's got an argument. Well, we'd like to have this. Well, we don't have any shredded cheese. Okay. Do you have alternatives for the shredded cheese that's missing? Or does that mean you just wipe out half your menu because you don't have shredded cheese to put on it? So I start giving him options. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? What about this? Finally, we come to a solution on the one item for one person at the table to get their order. Move on to the next one. Have to re-explain how the order is actually being taken. I want it like this. People who don't understand that tend to do it like this. I'd rather have it like this fine, gets that, moves to the next person. They place their order, and then again he says, sorry, we can't make that. We're out of shredded cheese. 
And I looked at him for a second and I said, so you're telling me that you completely took the item off the menu because one ingredient in the item is not available. Let me ask you this. What if I wanted to order it without cheese on a regular day? How would you make it then? He's like, well, it's been 86 from the, from the system. I, I can't even order it. I'm like, you can't, you can't just like punch a button and say with no cheese and they won't make it? He said, no, it's been 86 from the system. Grabs a menu for the person at my table and hands it to him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no workarounds for this? There's no solution at all just because you're out of shredded cheese? Are, are you beginning to sense my frustration? See, this isn't just an observation that he was slow to the table. Uh, but we can add to it, drinks didn't get refilled without specifically asking, even when de delivering food to the table, which came in exactly the reverse order of the way that the order was placed, also came with almost a 15-minute gap between meal number one and meal number two and three. And meal number two was intentionally being held while it was getting cold, waiting for meal number three, which was the first meal that was ordered. Oh my gosh! What is going on back there? Meanwhile, he served food to three other tables, but never returned to their table to refill their drinks. Now, see, this sounds like just me whining and complaining. And if all I did was whine and complain and refuse to tip him and talked amongst my table about the problem, that would be a different thing. But see, it so happens that we're regulars in this particular restaurant. And so I flagged down the girl who's our favorite server at that restaurant, by far the tops, also one of the trainers, imagine that. Flagged her down and asked her the question, is he new? Is he having a bad day? You know, give me some reason to cut him some slack on this and just and not just say he's doing a horrible job. And she said, no, he's not new. And I trained him and he knows better. He just doesn't seem to care. We get on to him on a regular basis about this, that, and the other. No silverware on the table, no napkins to the table, uh, didn't wipe off the table, really slow with drinks, doesn't refill them until you ask for them. I mean, the list just went on and on and on and on and on. And that was just between me and the server. Well, at one point during the course of the meal, I specifically asked him to see a manager. I said, could you ask the manager to come by my table? Well, genius that he is, he decides to have the conversation with his manager on the sales floor in eyesight, has his little conversation, gives his whole spiel to her, walks back to my table and says, well, the, your order had been 86, but, but the manager was going to override that and let you order what you want. Then turns around to walk away from the table. I'm like, hang on, that's not a complete order. We asked for that, but that comes with sides. Would you like to know what those sides are? And anything else that we would like to have with that, we'd like to have a cup of queso with that since you don't have any shredded cheese. And see, these are not complicated things. These are conscientious things. So when the server, who is the trainer, who is a friend of ours, said to me, uh, did you ask for the manager? I said, I did. And this is what I saw. She said, well, that's a manager in training. Would you like to talk to the GM? And I said, well, I don't want to bother her about it. I just, it really is disappointing as often as we come in here to be treated like this. And she said, well, let, let me get the, the manager. So the manager came and sat down with us and I explained everything I explained to you. And I said, you know, I, I'm not sure if this is a conscientious thing or if it's a training thing or if this just isn't the job for him. And we had a nice long discussion, probably 15 minutes, about the character of the person, the way they handled things, the things that they said, the things they didn't say. See, here's what I didn't do. I didn't just say to her, well, this was wrong and this was wrong and this was wrong and this was wrong. I made some observations 
about the conversations, about the procedure of things, about how it worked out, and how, as a leader, I would have handled that a little differently. I didn't tell her what I do. I didn't ask her if she understood who I am. None of that was relevant. What was relevant was these are the details of what went wrong and how they could have been corrected. And with any encouragement, hopefully the next time we go in there, if this gentleman is our server, he'll have a little different attitude about serving. My whole point is this, though. It's one thing to be a whiner and a complainer to, to notice when there's a problem and be done with it. It's a whole different thing to try to get to the root causes of the problem, to identify the difference between the symptoms and the causes, and then to offer some solutions to fix it. I believe that's what a good leader does, whether it's in your house, so to speak, the people that you lead, or it's in influence of others. If you're a leader and you can speak leader to leader, if you're a manager and you can speak manager to manager, then do that. Don't just whine and complain about the problem. Don't just observe that there is a problem. Invest in finding a solution for that problem because that'll make everybody better in the end. If all you can do is whine and complain, then follow Dale Carnegie's rule. Don't criticize, condemn, and complain. If you can offer solutions, then as a leader, you should do that. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.